Hello and welcome to another episode of Academy Outcasts, the cinematic education from one friend to another. I am your co-host Morgan Spatola. I'm your co-host Thomas Jernigan Morgan. This is like the first normal, regular episode that we've done. In like a month. In like a month. I, Maybe like, even more because I think the last three episodes we've had the swap. We had the Oscar edition. Right. And then we had the weird Star the Wars one. Yeah. Where BB-8 joined us and we made up a drinking game about lizards. Oh my God. I like basically forgot how to do this podcast. I, I do so. too. I think I make a list of like movies <laughs> yes. that are kind of random. Maybe it has a theme to it. But... That sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Whitney and Lindsay, big shout out to you. You guys killed it mm-hmm. um, with uh, uh, Ingrid Goes West. Yeah. Aubrey that was Plaza. A fun, fun episode. And you know what I liked about, you know, they even got into like the history of just like stories in general. It wasn't yeah. even like about film. You know what they were talking about, you know, the origin with like, you know, Frankenstein or mm-hmm. vampires yeah. or even like you know how it tied into I think it was there was a segment with the bubonic plague or something mm-hmm. like that was fascinating with me because I love history I love yeah. stories and, yeah. and so I think they, they really did own that episode yeah and once again you can go check them out over on uh, historical hotties I think things are getting back to normal over there as yeah. well no they more had, s- swaps uh, or weird episodes Jordan and Jordan and Lindsay so Whitney and Lindsay got oh, switched so- out for Jordan and Lindsay different Lindsay and my middle name is Lindsay that is so weird. There's just a My lot of Lindsay's. My middle name is Lindsay. No way. Um, anyway. So, <laughs> a lot of Lindsay's. A lot of Lindsay's here. And my mom's name is Lindsay? My grandmother's name is Lindsay. Oh my God. And my wife, my, well, my second, my first wife. <laughs> Wait, which one? My first wife is named Lindsay. <laughs> second wife was Linzetta. <laughs> she didn't last long. My sister's name is Lindsay. Lindsay, oh, so a little spice to it. There's an E with an accent. Uh huh. Okay. So this is our podcast all about Lindsay's. <laughs> How many Lindsay's are there? How many Lindsay's are there? Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Grammer. That's one. Is that a? That's person? a person. Is that a famous person? <laughs> yes. Grammer, like ch- no, no, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> That's Frazier. And loser. Lindsay Grammer. <laughs> Lindsay Grammer. But you know what? Kelsey's a... I mean, how is that a guy's name? How many other Kelsey guys Well, I met? think Lindsay can be a guy's Lindsay's name, a, too. Lindsay can be a guy's name, like, too. Like yeah. your middle name, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. But we're not here to talk about Lindsay's. Oh. Except for that one Lindsay that... Lindsay Grammer. So, on this show, uh, you give me a list of movies. I tell you whether or not I've seen those movies. And then we choose... Well, I usually choose one to watch... We watch it, and then we discuss both from your uh, cultured and aged perspective of having seen the movie uh, a multitude of times. Pretentious. And my, yes, and my uncultured, dumb, stupid version, because I don't know movies good. That being said, should you... Hit me with that list. Should I just just should I just smack you with a smack a, a, me with that list? A list of cinema uh, greatness. Let's hear it. So here's the thing. Okay. So we specialize in movies, um, and uh, cinema. We're not about TV shows. We're not about mm, books, um, <laughs> <laughs> books, or any other type of media. Okay, we're not about video games. Or anything else. We're about movies. Movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're not about... Mm, TV. TV. Mm, or, internet. But 
a lot of movies are based off of TV shows Ooh. and superheroes and comics oh. and TV shows and and internet and internets. Even though, no. you know what, emoji movie. Oh, which was terrible. God, I'm um, sad that you just reminded me that that existed. I know, but a lot of movies based off of you know books, comic books, just other ideas and, and uh-huh. whatever, video games, whatever. But another category in which movies are based off of, um, which makes up a huge segment of movies released, are movies adapted from plays. Oh, and that. Is the category in which we are going to be exploring oh. this episode? <gasps> I got I got a couple of them. There are two that I really want you to pick, and if you choose any other than those two, <laughs> I'm just going to cross my arm and be pouty face for the entire right. hour and a half. Well, I hope um, I pick correctly then. <laughs> <laughs> joking. Okay. Okay. So the first one on the list is Carnage. I've never heard of that. So the play is not actually called Carnage. Is oh. that, the title was actually. Um, uh, changed uh, from the play. Um, it's actually a French play. Um, and then um, our good friend uh, Roman Polanski, mm. hashtag Rosemary's Baby, which is another instance of a movie you didn't pick that I was really bummed out about. I'll never um, watch that movie. Go on. God, it's such a good movie. Can we just talk about Carnage? Or talk about Rosemary's well, Baby Robert? No, but we can talk about Carnage. Okay, let's talk about Carnage. Okay, so anyway, Roman Polanski, um, say what you will about um, what he did prior to leaving the country, um, is one of the better directors of our time. Did Pianist, did Rosemary's Baby, did a number of things. Did you just say penis? No, no, pianist. Penis. No, I didn't say penis. I said pianist. Pianist, pianist. The person who plays the piano, damn it. Don't mock Adrian Brody. If you would have seen the movie, you know it's about the... (laughs) Freaking Holocaust. Oh, no. Which it is. <laughs> it's totally about the Holocaust. But thanks for uh, thanks for making fun of Jewish history. Shut um, up. Anyway. So, um, yeah, let's let's uh, move on from that. Anyway, so Roman Polanski, great uh, uh, director. Um, it's uh, off the um, French playwright by uh, Yasma Reza, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Probably not. Um, God of Carnage, what have you. But okay. yeah, it was. So, what's um, it about? So, uh, basically, this is. Okay, so it's a play. So, obviously, it takes place in one location, which I yeah. like. It was just basically this apartment and the hall of the apartment. Mm-hmm. And it is, as all plays are, very dialogue driven. Yeah. And very character driven. Um, so, you have basically the premise of the play is that. Two sets of parents meet uh, one another because of a physical interaction of their little, small, like, five-year-old kids. It was a violent um, interaction on, like, the playground or whatever. Uh And they're trying to come up with, like, a diplomatic solution on how to, like, settle this, like, you know, kind of violent, um, you know, thing that one kid did to another. Okay. And um, it's funny how they kind of... um, you know, blow it out of proportion and almost kind of reflect and mirror what the little kids did with themselves because then the diplomatic solution turns into these this bickering and ultimately violent alterations oh as God. well. Sounds interesting. Uh, okay. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So next one on the list here is going to be um a lot 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 heavier. Uh doubt. I haven't heard of this one either. Okay. So doubt see I like I like when this happens with doubt. So the writer and director 
the name is escaping me right now, um, actually wrote and directed the movie. Uh, so of the, the play, play of the play and the movie. Oh, I see. I see. So so he did both. He basically just carried over. So anyways, about the um, uh, the scandal in uh, the uh, Catholic churches. Oh, okay. Um, with um, the naughty business with little altar boys. Yes. Um. Anyway, naughty. That um, scandal. Yes, it's a scandalous scandal. Yes. Full of scandalous scandal. Tools. Anyway, um, so it's all about Meryl Streep. I believe she won um, her like 14th Oscar for this movie. Um, and uh, She wears them on a chain around her neck. I know, jeez. It's just like the Infinity Stones with Thanos. Anyway, that's a big, wow. Okay. I, I just, I just, God, sure. outed myself as a crazy nerd right there. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so she's like this like really kind of like um, uh, to the book um, nun um and uh very stern and whatever and then philip seymour hoffman rest in peace um is this new um you know head head priest guy and uh meryl streep is kind of mentoring amy adams who's kind of like an up-and-coming younger nun and um she is kind of investigating some of this shady behavior that's coming from philip seymour hoffman when anyway did come out I think it was like in 2009 or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so very good one. Anyway, next nice. one on the list. Uh, next one on the list, which I know you're not going to pick, but I just, it's so great. Okay. Okay, from the director of The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Forget it. Comes Bug. Anyway, um, it's with. We already did The Fly. I know. It's, it's this is, anyways. <laughs> but Michael Shannon is, is in it. And I, oh, Michael Shannon might go down top 10 best actors in my opinion. What was he in recently? I feel like he was in something that we watched recently. Um, well, he was in um, Tom Ford's uh, Nocturnal Animals. He was in... Wow. Uh, he's been in tons of stuff. I, I Recently? I don't... I don't... Like, like I on, know on that the podcast, name, but like I don't, I don't know. Maybe like I know that name, but I can't like put the face to the name right now. God, there's so many movies, but um, something that just came on Netflix, which I completely forgot he was in, was Revolutionary Road, which he was amazing in that. Um, but anyway, uh, so basically, premise of the movie, probably not going to pick it, but Michael Shannon comes into uh, this girl Ashley Judd's life, and they fall in love. They're both loners. They've both been through some trauma in the past. And he is basically kind of insane and starts imagining that there are bugs in her apartment. Ew. And it uh, basically um, excels to this like crazy like you know, paranoia and he drags her in with it and they shut out everybody else in their lives and... Um, you're probably not going to pick it, but anyway, how it ends is that they light themselves on fire. Oh. Um, but great, great fun movie. But at how would the... you do that in a play? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's one of those movies that at the end you're just like your jaws just wide open, and you're just like, uh, what? Uh, what did I just see? Did no. they really just just do that right now? Anyway, so it's it's basically about two people going insane. Ew, um, no. So great. Anyway. Next. Um, next one is, uh, so this is one that the budget was so low and you can tell, I think it was shot on, oh, let's not bring this up again, 16 millimeter film, <laughs> um, not, not 30 or 32 or 35, what did I say, 35 last I time? I think it was 35. Yeah. God. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, 13 and a half millimeter geez. film gone. Anyway. Um, so it's Ethan Hawke. Uma Thurman, and this other actor, I can never remember his name, but he had a big run in the 90s. Anyway, so uh, two guys in high school, 
again, it takes place in all one setting, motel room. Two guys in high school uh, reunite um, after like 10 years or whatever. And they start talking. And you don't really know what they're talking about. Wait, they're they're just, in high school or? No, no, no. It's like, it's like a reunion. They were like 10 years friends. later. Yeah, okay, like high school cool. friends. Sorry if I didn't make myself clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're, they're probably in I their... saw you lost when you were five. I know. Right? How are things? Do you yeah. still like applesauce? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so carry your binky with you everywhere. Ew. Remember flavored applesauce? It's like cranberry <gasps> yeah, applesauce. Yeah, like weird colors. I didn't like that. Like, Just give me the regular stuff. Did man. you ever get green applesauce? Oh, yeah. I remember that. But yeah. no, I didn't because I didn't trust it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm really worried about our generation because we've had so much like processed food. <laughs> yeah. We probably all are going to get stomach cancer by the age we're, what, 50? Anyway. Um, anyway. What the fuck are I, we I, talking I, about? I'm talking so about sorry. tape. Talking about tape. It's called tape. Um, so they're guys, not in high school anymore. They're not in high school anymore, but they're high school after buddies. High school. Yeah, so they're like in their late twenties or whatever. Okay. And they're kind of just talking, catching up, and everything like that. And then something gets brought up, and character A um, gets all defensive, and he doesn't really want to talk about it. But character I told B, you, cinnamon does not belong on applesauce. Anyway, does it not? I don't know. This brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts were my favorite. Anyway, we're not going on down your applesauce. No, but we're not going down this rabbit hole again. <laughs> okay, applesauce. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> I have some opinions about applesauce. Apparently, <laughs> strong opinions. Anyway, <laughs> so um, it gets all defensive. It doesn't want to talk about it. Okay, but character B keeps on bringing it up, <gasps> bringing it up, bringing it this up. Motherfucker, and has something to do with a girl. <gasps> girl in high school. She liked applesauce, and but it was unsweetened she hated applesauce. applesauce. <laughs> And character B loved applesauce. And there was obviously some drama with that in the applesauce arena. Tape an applesauce story. <laughs> so anyway, he gets a bunch of duct tape and just tapes them up and then pours applesauce all over them and just drowns them. And, and that's the end of the movie. Turns out that the taper was Henry Mott, heir to the Mott's the applesauce Mott. fortune. Yep, yep. Can I get on with describing tape for you, please? This is actually one of the ones I want you to watch. <laughs> Wait, so does he actually tape the guy up? No. Oh, why is it called tape? Just, <laughs> anyway, all right. So, talking about some shady stuff. <laughs> okay. This is so actually a, a really heavy movie, and we're like laughing about it. But, oh, um, God. Anyway, so, a uh, girl in high school uh, getting defensive about something or that may or may not have happened, and he keeps pressing the guy, pressing the guy. And be like, you know what? I think you did this. And character oh, A is like, no, I didn't do this, man. He's like, you know what? I think you did. And you know what? She's coming over right now. <gasps> and we'll see what she has to say about it. Rude. And then the girl's like, yeah, I think you might have done that. <gasps> character A is like, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And character. Do they just keep saying that? Character B is like. Or are you just not telling me I'm just not telling you. Oh, because that would be character, really and then character, suspenseful character, if they were like that, that, that. that. that cool, like, what cool. is that? Cool, ambiguous kind of thing. <laughs> anyway. And, and so character B and the girl are like, yeah, I think you did that. I think you did that. And then he may or may not have confessed to something. That's tape. Anyway, last one on- Did he confess to the applesauce crime? Yep, he did. Applesauce crimes against humanity. Spoiler! Last movie, okay. Is, uh, um, should I just sing it? Should I sing it? ta 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 Excuse me? I'm sorry, I was singing. 
Um, I wonder if people picked up on that. The music people would pick up on that. Um, it's big. What? <laughs> Your face right now. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I just made an ass out of myself singing right there. Well, when have you not made an ass out of yourself singing on this show? <laughs> I have a good voice. All right, maybe take that out because it was embarrassing. But I do like singing. No, oh, I'll keep it in. Anyway, yeah, I'm sure you will. Anything to make me look like an ass. Anyway, no, it's um Amadeus, which I was basically just... Was that supposed to be Amadeus? It's supposed to be um, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's usually people just say it was that Mozart um, when referring to their music. That was not... That was Anything Mozart. I've ever heard. No, it wasn't. I'll play it for you if you want me to Wait, play it. Wait, Amadeus. It's the middle name of Mozart. No, I think I've seen that movie. Really? I think. Have you? Well, we You'd like it because a movie about Mozart all the time in orchestra when I was in elementary school. Yeah, you like probably, we had a probably saw that for then. orchestra, which is weird. But um, yeah, I mean, it's about Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. I have no way of knowing whether or not I've ever seen that. Costume is amazing. Because I can tell you that I did see a movie about Mozart. Yeah. And I think it was called Amadeus. So, music, obviously amazing. But um, costume, amazing as well. Uh, how it was shot, amazing. But no, it's basically uh, showing the, you know, uprise of Mozart. It, it's, it's a good movie. It's it's a little slow. It's about two and a half hours. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but okay, it is still... Okay, you know what still, we're not going to watch... <laughs> Bug and Amadeus, apparently. Um, okay, anyway, so those are some great ones based on plays. Okay, I'm so, pretty sure I've seen Amadeus. Like, I'm okay. 80% sure I've then seen we'll it. We'll cross that one out, apparently. We'll cross out Bug, unless okay. you want to watch Bug. So what are the rest of them? So Bug, okay, Amadeus. Let me, let me start from the top Do here. Do all, like, play adaptations of movies have to be one word? Like, why are they all just uh, one apparently word? Apparently my list does. Huh. Anyway. anyway. All right, so... Um, first one, Carnage. Second one, Doubt. Third one, Bug. Fourth one, Tape. Fifth one, Amadeus. Hmm. Carnage, Doubt, Bug, Tape, Amadeus. Honestly, it's between Carnage and Doubt. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> I really can't decide, though, because they both sound really good. I know, I know. Well, I, let me say this. One of them was one of the two movies that I wanted. The other one got crossed out. But one of those two movies is the one that I want you to watch. I think you want me to watch Doubt. No? I don't know. You gotta decide. Ah! I don't know which one to pick. Oh, man. This is so hard. Okay, so basically, do you want a lighthearted, dry comedy? Or do you want a heavy, chilling... um, Both. Yeah, I know. Why can't they just do, like, Carnage Doubt? The God of Doubt and Carnage. That sounds like a good name yeah. or something. <laughs> um, should we flip a coin? Yes. <gasps> we should spin a coin. On the desk so that we can hear it? Yes. Oh my god. Go get you a coin, let boy. Me, let me go get a coin. Yeah, no, seriously, let's do it because I right. cannot decide. Okay. All oh. right, so I'll just narrate real quick. Thomas has left the recording studio to go and find a coin, we are going to make some podcast history here on Academy Outcast and spin, not flip, spin a coin for you listeners at home to hear to decide will we watch Carnage or will we watch Doubt. <laughs> All right, got the got the coin. All right, so if you can guess what year this quarter is, I'll give it to you. What? There's like <laughs> so many years. 
How am I supposed to guess that? They've only made quarters for the past like 70 years. Do you know how many years there are? <laughs> 70 in the time they've made quarters. Let me see how shiny it is. Hold it up from like kind of far away. 1972. Wow, 77. <gasps> Damn. Yeah, kind of close. Okay. All right. So. Heads, my second wife was born. Heads is doubt. Heads is doubt, tails is, is carnage. carnage. Yeah, okay. but let's just like, I'm just going to hold the microphone. Don't break it. Like that. Okay. Ready? Ready? Okay, here we go. Well, it fell off the table, so let's try All it again. Right, All right. right. All right. All right. Second time. Here we go. Damn nope. <laughs> Was it tails again? <laughs> okay, it was tails. <laughs> what was tails again? <laughs> I forget. I had... think tails was doubt. Okay. Heads was carnage. Tails was doubt. Okay. Do you want to check or you just want to go for no, it? Let's just fucking watch doubt. Okay, we're watching doubt. <laughs> All, right, All right. The coin. Cool. The coin, the coin has spoken. Has decided. Doubt. It's not made of silver because it doesn't. No. Normally they ring if they're made of silver. The coin has spoken. We are watching Doubt. Doubt. All right. Let's go watch. I want you all to be alert. I am concerned about matters in St. Nicholas School. Academically? I was not inviting a guessing game, Sister Raymond. What's this, Mr. Conroy? I don't know, sister. They're all uniformly terrified of you. That's how it works. Boy! Come up here. The dragon is hungry. It's a new time, sister. The church needs to change. The point being? We should be friendlier. Father Flynn, he called Donald Miller to the rectory. So, it's happened. We are going to have to stop him, ourselves. What happened in the rectory? Happened? Hmm. Nothing happened. I had a talk with a boy. What about? Private matter. He's 12 years old. What could be private? You have the slightest proof of anything. But I have my certainty. I can fight you. You will lose. Why you gotta know something like that for sure when you don't? You come to your school, kids don't like him. <laughs> One man is good to him, this priest. You just don't like him. You are letting that convince you of something terrible. Look at that. You blew out my light. Doubt can be a bond as powerful as certainty. Okay, and we are back. So we just watched Doubt, and we also realized that we've we messed up the coin flip. We should have watched Carnage. Yeah. But Morgan wanted to be all dark and dreary. Yeah, so we watched Doubt. And uh, real quick, though, before we talk about Doubt, it's time for us to pay our dues, and I think we got to go down to the box office. I think it's time for us to go to the box office and... Uh... And to see what's up. What's up with the box office? I want to talk all about Lyft. 
Lyft launched the original concept of the rideshare back in 2012. So what is a rideshare, you might ask? Well, the idea behind Lyft and other rideshare companies is to provide a more technologically advanced, cheaper alternative to taxi services, as well as make the ride more personal by enabling you to know who it is that will be tr- that you will be trusting to drive you from point A to point B. We have a special offer for our listeners. Uh, just use promo code OUTCAST, that's O-U-T-C-A-S-T-S, OUTCASTS, to get $5 off your first ride for passengers. Lyft has also offered an exclusive deal to our listeners. If you're looking to make a little extra money, uh, get a signing bonus for being a first-time driver with Lyft. You can now earn up to an extra $375 in your first 30 days just by using the promo code outcasts o-u-t-c-a-s-t-s to sign up thomas i'm gonna pass it off to you yeah oh wait oh oh god just gotta i got a shiver up my spine i got some goosebumps on my arm Mm. i know i do have goosebumps right now and it's usually because i think about ghost camp or i think about uh, piano lessons can be murder, or uh, a number of things that usually the illustrations uh, and the content of this next uh, uh, almost franchise in young adult literature has uh, brought to the world, which I feel like so many people of our generation uh, would know uh, in their elementary school years or middle school years, uh, which is... Goosebumps. Mm. I love those books. I had a collection of those books. Mm-hmm. And I think what fueled the collection was the cover art and just the wide range of uh, wide range of stories that uh, the brilliant, almost, you know, right below Stephen King type author, of course, I'm speaking of R.L. Stein. Um, Iconic. Very iconic. Um, made and he made. I mean, so many of these books. Um, so what we have here is masterclass, and what they do is that they take a specific art and a specific skill, uh, and they hire somebody who has mastered that skill. Whether that be Martin Scorsese or Ron Howard for directing, whether that be uh, Hans Zimmer for music score, whether that be uh, Wolfgang Puck for, for cooking, um, or even R.L. Stein for literature and writing. And so what Masterclass does is they offer you a uh, online video of, of these people and they pipe them into your home. You almost have a celebrity speaking to you and teaching you something that you really can't get anywhere else. And basically what Masterclass does in this instance is you know, it, it features about 28 unique lessons. It offers a workbook and even office hours where you can upload videos to ask questions uh, uh, of the class. And R.L. Stein himself will answer some of the hot button issues that you Ooh. come up with. Now, that's that's cool. That's almost like tweeting somebody or like tagging somebody, you know, famous or somebody that you admire uh, or strive to be. And then having them respond to you. But like even better. Even better. It's 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 not just this open-ended, frivolous social media thing. It's that you are actually part of a class. And I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, I, 
I would be just overwhelmed if, like, I took a master class with Scorsese and I mentioned something about whatever in regards to film and he answered that. That'd be amazing. So, I mean, a lot of people, they they strive to what worked in their childhood. They gravitate towards the, uh, the memories of their childhood. Goosebumps is... Uh, a lot of people's childhood. R.L. Stein knows how to write towards young adults and to really give them a uh, a sense of um, you know terror and horror and suspense without being too too overwhelming. So well, you've convinced me. How can I sign up for this masterclass? So how you can get there is going to bit.ly backslash capital R capital L scav. That's going to be in capital S as well, all right? Now, this is capital sensitive, so once again, that is lowercase bit dot L-Y backslash capital R, capital L, capital S, C-A-V. And we will post that link uh, on our uh, show notes as well. Yes, I highly recommend uh, taking this offer up. You will not regret it. Awesome. All right. Well, now that we've got that all taken care of, yes, let's but, talk about doubt. Oh, the lovely, uplifting story that was doubt. Um. So yeah, as you had mentioned, we flipped a coin. What well, did we? Didn't flip a coin. We rolled a coin in suspense on uh, what uh, what movie we were gonna watch, and uh, I think we got the heads and tails mixed up by the time that we figured out how to make the coins spin and not fall off the table we were recording on i think that we forgot what we were doing we had so to lift the blue yeti mic like upside down and try <laughs> follow to get it, it around so, so that was just like, what was heads and i think you just made the executive decision so um hey but it was a good movie i liked it it was did you okay because yeah. it, it, it was a little long it, yeah it, it, it did kind of drag out and it was based off of play so mm-hmm. obviously no explosions or superheroes <laughs> flying around. So, uh, yes. Let, well, let's let's go into your take. Of All right. The well, movie. so here's my quick synopsis. So, um, so it takes place in the '60s. Uh, Catholic school in. Um, well, I thought it was in Boston. It's in Boston. It was in Boston. Okay, Catholic school in Boston. Um, Gets their first black student, which is kind of a big deal in the 60s, right? Um, and there's this no-nonsense, absolutely, utterly terrifying nun uh, named Sister Meryl Streep, who, um, <laughs> who is the principal of the Catholic school. She's in charge. Her word is law. And she um, uh, keeps a watchful eye over the chillins. And uh, there's another nun who is Sister James, played by Sister Amy Adams. And um, that's her name in real life, Sister Amy. Adams. Yeah, okay. first name Sister, middle name Amy, gotcha. last name Adams, second last name Lindsay. Sister Amy Adams is young, new, naive. She has so much hope and so full of life and trusting and stuff. And Sister Meryl Streep has been there, done that, seen it all. So, uh, Father Flynn, who is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, he takes a special interest in the new black student, and, uh, and, uh, Sister Meryl Streep is highly suspicious of this and suspects that perhaps something nefarious and, uh, of ill repute could be going on. So, 
She tells all the nuns over dinner, keep an eye out around the school. I think something weird is happening. And Sister Amy Adams does see that when Donald, the the black boy, gets called down to the refectory to meet with, I don't know what a refectory is, but that's where he went, to meet with um, Father Flynn. He comes back and he seems a little depressed and he smells like alcohol. And so they come to the conclusion that something terrible has happened between the boy and Father Flynn. And so they ambush Father Flynn about it. And Father Flynn says, no, 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 I caught him drinking altar wine. And so he's off the altar boys and denies any wrongdoing. So then we get more further into the movie and basically Meryl Streep is like, I know that this man has done something wrong, even though I don't have concrete evidence of it and I need to get him out of my school to save these chillins. So basically the way that the movie ends, so here's our spoilers, is that um, Meryl Streep... Everybody's an alien. No. Meryl Streep calls Father Flynn into the office and even though he's intensely denying that there has been anything terrible happening between him and the boy, she's like, well, I called your last church and I talked to a nun and she said something happened at the last church. Should have talked to a priest. Yeah, and then he was mad because that's not what you're supposed to do. She should have talked to a priest. Um, But... Basically, by him getting so upset about it, he admitted his wrongdoing and he resigned and asked for a transfer to a new church. I will fight you. You will lose. She's so good. Anyway, so then um, at the very end, Meryl Streep reveals that she never actually called the church and that her lie would not have worked if he was innocent. Uh And then she uh, cries that she has so many doubts. And that was it. That's how it ended. So, this movie is riddled with parallels. Um, I It's almost overwhelming to the point where John Patrick Shanley, which, how Catholic of a name right. is that? You know, he must be a, a lapsed Catholic. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be presumptuous to say that, but if you're going to write a play like this, you know, maybe. Or maybe he was doing it out of some sort of... Um, you know, trying to uh, rehabilitate, re- rehabilitate um, his faith and, and perhaps uh-huh. uh, the, the better parts of the church that, that he knows, but to really kind of put a, put a spotlight, which hey, is another hey. great movie about uh, the same about thing, this, <laughs> about this topic on um, something, something so terrible. And, you know, I noticed when I l- listened to our podcast that I'm very, not organized when it comes to my thoughts and I pause a lot and I do a lot of ums and I do a lot of filler noises to oh, I try to so take, that I, I try can, to edit those out. Yeah, you do and yet they still come out despite <laughs> your editing technique and skill. Um but with this there are so many of those parallels that I had mentioned. Um some very kind of clear cut, some open for interpretation. Um but I'm throwing it out to you because I feel like I'm going to be so disorganized on, you know, the ones that I've experienced. I want to see, and maybe I can just kind of feed on uh, the ones that you experienced um, as far as parallels between not only faith, but what was happening, um, you know, in the movie, even, even dialogue and certain things that the characters felt. Like, I'll give you one, for example. Okay. There was the older 
nun when they had been eating lunch and whatever, and she was going blind. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, Meryl Streep said to Amy Adams, you know, if you ever see her, uh, you know, doing something or... Uh, being shaky or, or basically demonstrating signs that she is going blind, take her hand and help her out. Um, and yet you saw that blind nun set up the nativity scene with just the touch of the animals mm -hmm. and the placement. Yeah. And they, she did it for so long. So there's two different things that I can touch on with that. Okay. One is... Was the Catholic Church and were these nuns actually metaphorically blind by the kind of hierarchy that you experienced in the Catholic Church, especially at that time in the 60s? Um, and also was Meryl Streep kind of doing the same thing? Because Amy Adams was kind of blind to this sin, to this terribleness, and she mm -hmm. was very kind of you know, innocent and mm -hmm. almost kind of blind to what the reality was. And Meryl Streep was therefore kind of holding her hand and, yeah. and saying, Hey, there is some, some, some wicked evilness in the world. Um, uh, you know, so, so there are parallels like that. And there, again, I have probably a handful of them there, but were there any that, that stood out to you? Yeah, that was a really good one for you to bring up. Actually. I, um, I did not, catch that completely like i did catch it but not as well as you just laid it out so that was pretty good um i guess the one thing i wanted to touch on was like the literal winds of change uh, that yes, were blowing through in the movie yeah, right that's another one, yeah. yeah and so um and so a lot of stuff about the weather in this so it was it was very windy um and there were so father flynn was a little bit more um seemed a little bit more modernized if you will he's suggesting oh we should have uh you know we should have frosty the snowman frosty the snowman in the in the like you know biblical hymns yeah uh-huh in the um in the pageant you know and and she's very resistant to that um and then um and i don't think it happened in that scene but there was another scene where um she's so they don't allow ballpoint pens yeah. because then they press and their handwriting looks atrocious or whatever and so um Meryl Streep's in Amy Adams' classroom kind of inspecting, right? And she goes, oh, who left this window open? Why is this window open? Because the wind's coming in through the window. And as soon as she shuts the window, she finds a ballpoint pen on yeah. the ground. Therefore, so just she showing... she found change. She found change after the wind came in. Yeah, so, so just all over these winds of change. And she's kind of like trying to battle it and keep everything the same and keep her, her kids all safe and stuff. Um, and the weather progresses throughout the movie until it gets worse and worse and worse until yeah. it's the worst um rain and and storm that they've ever seen or whatever yeah. um which and even you know, even to the point where you know branches were falling down hitting right. hitting nuns in the face yeah bleed you know almost almost like a wake-up call you know yeah. kind of deal like hey, exactly you know, this is this wind of change isn't 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 good there's something yeah. that's systemic systemically wrong yeah you know we, we were talking about winds of change yeah and you that that that's a good segue into what every great play and every great story and every great film tends to have, which is an you know an arch is an arch or arc enemy. Arch. You sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which is an arch enemy? All right. Which basically what that is is you see parallels and you see opposites 
um, but they are counterweighted. You know, for every good that the protagonist does, the enemy does the equal and opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And so you saw that with Father Flynn and Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. You know, you you saw Meryl Streep wanting to be more conservative, have things stay the same. You saw Father Flynn wanting to change things, wanted to, um, you know, uh, kind of modernize or what have you, even Mm -hmm. when it comes to... Uh, the African-American child um, in in the uh, school, you know, Father Flynn wanted to kind of expose him and make him part of, you know, part of everybody else. Uh, Meryl Streep was more of, you know, we got to treat him a little bit different and kind of, you know, you know, treat the situation more like they did in the past, what have you. I think she literally said about the pageant was like, he can't be visible but he also can't be invisible on stage so they were trying to figure out where to place him so Mm -hmm. as not to cause like quote-unquote too much of a stir but make everyone else happy or whatever and then you had the weird odd preferences that both of them had Mm -hmm. father flynn had you know that whole bit about his fingernails being long and clean or what have you and then you saw the multitude of you know uh, of of particular preferences that Meryl Streep had about mm-hmm. ballpoint pens about you know anything else and you also saw manipulation on both ends yeah with, with Father Flynn and, and Meryl Streep um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Meryl Streep I don't know why I default to going I mix I mix between names. them too also um, yeah but uh, hopefully our listeners can follow um, you know even with you know kind of tactics with Meryl Streep you know hanging the reflective poster of one of the popes and then being able to see behind her back. Uh Um, Whereas, you know, Father Flynn was, you know, very manipulative of Amy Adams. Um, Just, you know, I I can't pinpoint specifics, but they both had that manipulation. And, uh, you know, they could both coerce um, Amy Adams, which seemed to be kind of like this this neutral kind of, you know, yeah. epicenter of yeah. like, you know, w- which way is she going to go? Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, when she's out of the picture, then that's when these kind of two polar opposites, kind of good and evil really do clash. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, so again, the, the, the arch enemy type, type, I guess, motif or whatever was really well delivered yeah. in this, this place. Yeah, it was. Movie. Yeah. I mean, they are really all, um, very much uh, like archetypes of themselves, right? Or archetypes of the characters that they're supposed to be. So, um, yeah, and the, I like that you mentioned Amy Adams because her character really was like a like the the pretentious ass phrase that comes to mind is a uh, tabula rasa, like oh. a blank slate, yeah. um, which is the idea of being um, like a complete blank slate open to all influence and um and it's typically used in philosophy um to kind of say the idea of um like being open to learning Mm -hmm. but it also um uh to me kind of speaks more of just like a completely neutral ground right where she she kind of was blown if you will back and Um, forth between the two characters siding by the wind of change exactly um Siding with first one and then siding with the other. And and I think that she embodied that, the name of the movie, Doubt, the most out of all of the characters, definitely. Because she was the one that was squarely in the middle of everything Mm -hmm. and was trying to figure it all out for herself. So um, so I thought that that was an interesting point. Yes, yes, indeed. And 
so uh, you know it's funny how i wonder if the i think the play is in fact called doubt but you know every single character basically had this core doubt about either themselves or other people and even the first uh like sermon was was about how doubt can be as potent as certainty um, yeah and um Anyway, so uh, you know, you, you had that with with um, really everybody in in um, in the cast. You had it with Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, Amy Adams, uh, Meryl Streep, which we can get to, but even Viola Davis's, which was um, the African American child's mother. You know, which was just kind of you know, it was it was doubt, but it was almost kind of a blissfully ignorant doubt that uh, she was just kind of waiting on. That's a whole other other can of worms i thought a good ending i mean it's it's uh, i'll get emotional if i talk about viola davis's uh scene which is really her only scene yeah uh, that got her the the nomination um it was very good win um but so we won't touch on that even though there's a lot to be said so go watch the movie uh to see that but you know at, at the very end i thought it was great how meryl streep kind of broke down this this very hard uh, hitting none and saying yeah. that she has so much doubt, and I think that it was an obvious reference to her faith. I mean, because I mean that she had she's invested so much into this, and she, you know, I think one of one of the great lines in the play is that you got to step away from God to like see evil or something like that, or yeah. to like, confront evil. Yeah, and um, I think when she has done that with other people because she was saying she knows people she knows when she's being lied to and you know she's had a life of people lying to her and she has that doubt and although i'm sure in her past she hasn't been able to really prove it and really you know enforce some sort of change especially in this hierarchy with with men i think it came to this point where that's why you saw the stubbornness in with her, yeah. with her because at times she was almost acting, you know, erratically, yeah, incoherently, like almost like to the point where it's just like, okay, well, you don't have any proof, you don't, yeah, have, you have very strong suspicions, and obviously we're agreeing with you, but to to you know, you're almost di- discrediting yourself by being so certain, yeah. Even Amy Adams touches on that point, um, but you know, so she she knows that. There are people out there that, you know, will lie. And even the great, another great line is that she's like, I would feel sorry for you. I would feel bad. But you are um, impervious to feeling true regret. Yeah. Saying that oh, so good. Yeah. He'll lie. He'll manipulate. He'll do whatever the fuck he needs to do. And boom, he'll move on to another thing. Uh-huh. And she'll know the truth. And that was all they could ask for. She yeah. was really kind of in a powerless position but that's what she could do and she did it yeah but but at that point you know she was saying that i have doubt but it it just swept across so many things in her life Uh doubt with so many things faith the 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 church herself other people um and and really i mean when you have such investment in in a in a faith you know that 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 really transcends life and 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 everything. When that is compromised, mm-hmm. then so much is uncertain. In your yeah, life. absolutely. And it's it's so detrimental. Absolutely. So, anyway. Well, I do unfortunately have one criticism of the movie okay. itself. Let's hear it. 
Yeah, and it really only, the only thing is I just think that the adaptation of it from, uh, you know, because it was a play into a film, there was just something slightly clunky about it. And I really just couldn't put my finger on it, but there were just some parts of it where I was just like, this just doesn't read well, Mm -hmm. like, or it's not coming across the way that I think that they want it to. And that's it. And like, and I wish I could be more specific, but, and again, it's one of those things where you'd have to watch it to find out. The story was great. There were some really killer lines in it and stuff like that. And there were some cool shots and everything was everything was done very intentionally and very much on purpose. You could tell that like there wasn't a single thing in that movie that was taken for granted, you know, but there was just still something that kind of made me feel like they were tripping or something. Like there was like something a little bit clunky about it that just wasn't, it just kept rubbing me the wrong way where I didn't feel like I was, I wasn't able to get immersed all the way. So here, here, I don't really know why. Here's what I can say to support your point is that, the John Patrick Shanley guy, uh-huh. to my knowledge, had never directed a film uh-huh. prior to this. Yeah. Has not directed a major motion picture after All right, this. well. So something tells me that when Scott Rudin, the producer of the, of the movie, came to him and said, hey, let's adapt this into a film, he very much was, okay, we can do that on the condition that I am the director. Yeah. So, so... Here, here's again what is supporting your point is that look at the credits and look at the people surrounding this movie. Mm-hmm. So this guy with no experience is the writer and director, but you also have Roger Deakins, which is the cinematographer, which has done so many huge, huge movies. His work is so great. You have Howard Shore scoring the music, mm-hmm. which prior to this was Lord of the Rings yeah. you know, and a number of other movies. You know, you had Scott Rudin, who has won, I don't know how many Oscars for his his movies as well. And um, Ellen Chenoweth as the casting director. Um, a number of other people. I believe I even recognize the costume designer um, for this. Um, but 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 they they needed so much help because maybe of what you were saying. It was to a kind of prop bit, him up or something. It was a little bit clunky and he yeah. didn't really know how yeah. to you know, move a film forward yeah. like a play. Yeah. You know, because plays are a little, I mean, I hate to say it, are, are a little bit clunky, especially if you're going from one setting to another or yeah. something like that. And if it's not just set in one room or one yeah. location um, kind of deal. I mean, you see people move, you see the lighting change, you see X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, I'm sure he needed all the help he can get. But still, that came through, what, mm-hmm. what your criticism is. Yeah, yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, like I said, everything's so deliberate. So you make a really good point bringing up that there were so many, like, super Big ultra pros. Heavy hitters. Yeah, in, in basically, to, to make it be a good movie, despite the fact that the, the adaptation itself was a little clunky. So, But other than that, it was really good, and I loved Meryl Streep's character because she was such oh, a yeah. bitch. <laughs> oh, my God, I loved it. I yeah. just loved, she's just so, like... So powerful and formidable and, yeah. like, unapologetic. And I admired that a lot in that character. What a cool character she was. I know we're trying to keep this podcast short, but there's so many other things I could say about not only her character, but um, in the movie. Because I completely forgot her little backstory that she had about being married at one point, mm-hmm. having a husband in Italy during World War II, and then him being killed, and then only afterwards becoming a nun. Like, yeah. Like, how does that feed into her character her personality her view on people you know kind of deal you know i mean was that a cataclysm for her 
perception on a lot of things. I mean, there's so many things that could could be said um, on that. But um, anyway, I think this is one of those one of those movies where I mean, we can we can dissect it until this is our longest podcast episode. But it's one of those movies that, um, unlike some of the other ones where the point is almost in the title, mm-hmm. um, you just need to see. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good, good so, stuff. So go watch it. Go watch okay. Doubt. Um, shall we do our ratings? I think so. So I was thinking for our rating system, we could do like something super Catholic, like Hail Marys. Okay, how many Hail Marys would you give this? All movie? right, cool. Um, not as high as I could because of the clunkiness. Uh-huh. It really just kept taking me out of the movie. Okay. Um, so I think I'm honestly going to give this one, I want to say a seven or a seven and a half. Okay. okay yeah. And bad. it just, and honestly what it was is because when I want to watch a movie, I really want to just be immersed in it. Uh-huh. And it like, it was distracting me almost, where I just kind of like was able to let my attention wander a little bit more than usual just because of the weird yeah. clunkiness. It just really did rub me the wrong way. So It did, um, it did go from scene to scene a little bit you know i mean it should have followed a little bit more of the characters uh i feel like every single transition scene showed like just like kids walking around which may have been intentional to remind the audience that this is this is about you know these are the victims here you know kind of deal but um no i I completely get what you're saying yeah Um, so yeah so anyway so so seven or seven i'm gonna go with the seven seven hail marys okay all right so Um, how many hail marys would you give this movie hail marys would i give this movie so um i agree with you about the, the the clunkiness um however there couldn't have been a better cast Mm. and it's it's rare that you see a movie in which all four of the main characters are nominated for Oscars. Yeah. Meryl Streep, Viola Davis, Amy Adams, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they all did excellent jobs. Yeah. And they did. They really know, did. And, and, and here's the thing, and not to get too like uh, analytical with it, it is very different to act on stage in a play where things are just open and they're just freely going than to act in front of a screen and have it be very crafted and very molded. Yeah. And at times, you know, very micromanaged. Yeah. And that's why, and I'm sure I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying this, that's why I truly do feel like the actors in film are far more celebrated than the actors in theater because you do have to work with other people. You do have to work with you know, the positioning and the director a little bit more so than if you're on stage. And because, I mean, really, when you're on stage, and there's nothing stopping you. Nobody can call cut when you're on stage. And I feel like I feel like the cast really did save this movie because they were experienced with film. Meryl Streep, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman brought in theater experience as well. So I'm sure he was able to help out. Uh, they were all excellent criers, you know, Viola Davis and Amy Adams can just turn it on like that. And, uh, you know, have you noticed, I mean, Meryl Streep even had like a little bit of an accent, mm-hmm. you know, in this and, um, yeah, it was great. And just, uh, 
Um, and, and yeah, I mean, so that with 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 all the other kind of dressings on the side that we had mentioned with, you know, Roger Deakins, Howard Shore, uh, Ellen Chenoweth, uh, Scott Rudin. Um, I think I think I'd probably give it an eight point two. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, again, it's a little it's a little droll. Um, it's a little little kind of dry. It's a little heavy. It's a heavy of a movie. Um, you know, it's, um, but I think my true challenge is, uh, which do I like better, Doubt or Spotlight? Mm. Um, See, and I still haven't watched Spotlight all the way through, I, so. I honestly, that's not much of a challenge. I think I like Spotlight a, a heck of a lot better. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate it. If you like what we've got here to offer you, go ahead and give us a like, a rate, and a subscribe over on uh, the good old iTunes. Tell a friend. Let them know. Follow us on Twitter um, at Academy Outcasts or Instagram or find us on Facebook. All that good stuff. And a big thank you to the Scavengers Network uh, yes. for having us on the network, uh, hosting really cool shows like ours um, and also like Spooky Spouses, Historical Hotties, uh, Journey Under 30. Uh, Lindsay 2.0. Lindsay 2.0. Lindsay 3.0. Oh, you know, I haven't heard that, but I hear good things. It's Well, it's will be coming out soon. I heard the preview for it. So good. Ah, okay. So good. Well, I got the DVD of Lindsay 2.5, oh. but I hear here that's only like deleted scenes that were piped into 2.0 we should have a watch party for that okay but i hate when they do that and then also um state your case is another one that i didn't get to say and bad pen pal i don't know if i said bad pen pal all right well thank you so much folks as always i have been your host morgan spatola i have been your co-host thomas Lindsay (laughs) jernigan that'll do it for us uh that's a wrap